go back to the 1950s and Billy Graham could come to the UK, put on a, a crusade and uh, lots of people would come and you'd see lots of people convert. I don't think you can do that today because people are at a different place now than they were 60 years ago. And actually you, you need to give people a reason to believe anything. Welcome to the In Doubt Podcast. Hey, welcome to the In Doubt Podcast show. I'm Isaac, your host, and today with me is Rabbi Lowell. Rabbi Lowell, is that because of my hat? It is because of You look hat. much more rabbi-esque with the hat on, we decided, and posted on Instagram as well. Um, how are you doing, Jake? Doing well. Super busy with work and school, yeah. but it's all right. Jesus Along the way, on. Jesus taking the wheel. Your last class, you were telling me, uh, was fantasy literature. Yes, sir. So, like, is it like Lord of the Rings and everything you're going uh, Yeah, yeah. We read The Hobbit. But we also, we just finished with Sir Gawain and the Green Knight. You ever read that? No. Oh, classic. Classic poetry. And we read, yeah, we read some other stuff. Oh, Beowulf, which is awesome. Everybody yeah, is. should read that book. I, my, I think my favorite thing about Beowulf, remember the movie they came out with? Yeah. And with like, Angelina Jolie. Yes. Was the, uh, Grendel's mom. Yes. Yeah. But the best part is when he's like fighting inside like the dining room and he's naked, but <laughs> every single shot, there's something blocking. <laughs> Like it, as soon as it turns, a guy stands up and his head is covering. Yeah, it's like, like it's always like covering it up. The so. Adam and Eve leaf sort of thing Ex- going exactly. on. Exactly, yeah, yeah, yeah. and I just remember watching that, being like, "That is the most funniest thing." That's the animators the only thing would have remember. Had, yeah. The animators would have so much fun. It's like, what can we put in front yeah, of this okay, time? Yeah. So Let's good. put a candle. Let's put a person's head. Let's, only know, thing so. you remember about exactly. that movie is, is that, that scene. Yeah. Well, today we have a great show for you. I had the actual honor and privilege of uh, chatting with another podcast host, um, which, you know, he's been doing it for a lot longer than I, but his name is Justin Brierly. He hosts Unbelievable. And you actually listened to a couple of the shows. Yeah, I did. After after I heard the recording of it, I went and listened to it. Um, it was like three in one day. And these, like, they're not short. Like, they're an hour no, and 20 minutes. So I was just like binge listening to this thing. But yeah, it's yeah. great. I it's love It's great, it. yeah. Great accent, too. Oh, Really I know. jealous. Anyways, uh, Justin hosts tons of mostly friendly debates with pretty much every kind of famous popular apologist, but also leaders in other worldviews like agnostics, Jesus, mythicists, and atheists, and all those kind of people. So it's a lot of fun. Uh, We're going to delve into the question of apologetics, find out why it's important not to be like super hyper apologetics, where you don't really care about faith and experience, but also not to be hyper experienced when you're like everything that makes sense in science and rational, you know, that just like doesn't really help our faith. So we want to come to a balanced perspective, and that's really what Justin and I uh, talk about. But anyways, here's my conversation with Justin Briarly. Well, I'm honored to get to chat with uh, a man that I actually hear a lot through my my headphones, uh, usually when I'm cleaning the house or driving. Uh, his name is uh, Justin Briarly. He's host of Unbelievable. It's a, a weekly podcast from the UK that, that holds different apologetic debates. So thanks so much, Justin, for uh, coming on the show. Oh, it's great to be with you. Thanks for having me on. Yes, definitely. Um, I think it was June of last year in 2015 that I, I first came across your podcast. And it was actually, uh, I, I, I found out about you sort of through uh, through YouTube because I, uh, I was doing some research on homosexuality and I came across this interview uh, with Robert Gagnon. <laughs> and <Yeah>. uh, <laughs> I... <laughs> and I listened to this podcast. I was like, holy, this is this is pretty extreme. And and then I started, you know, I kind of became addicted to your show. So I, I try to catch as many as I can. <laughs> yeah, well, uh, I, I'm really glad you found it that way. Um, I, if I'm honest, it, YouTube isn't something we've really massively focused on. And most of the shows that end up on YouTube are actually just other individuals uploading the, the yeah. mp3 files and and uh, and that's the way it gets around on youtube 
We we sometimes yeah. film the dialogues and debates, and, and oh, they really? oh. they end up some of those end up on YouTube. But oh, that's um, great. but yeah, that 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 one you, you stumbled across was was a particularly um, let's say uh, sparky edition of the program, wasn't it? You know that it definitely was. Yeah, and not just that one, but I think about a, a few months ago you had one with Sean uh, uh, McDowell and uh, I forget his name now. Another guy yeah, about the it, uh, it was a yeah. guy called um, Kenneth Humphreys. He's a, a Jesus yes, mythicist. Yes, that's it. And that's yeah, it. they they well. Ken Ken on that show was um he he, he was quite um boisterous and he yes. he he kind of was a bit like a dog with a bone on certain issues and he got a, a little bit um antagonistic at some point so it did it did <laughs> it's it's always fun when that happens so you don't want it all the time though you don't and sometimes you have other ones that are just perfectly casual and that's awesome yeah. as well so anyways you do a great job hosting the show so thank you for your ministry there Justin that's thank great. you. Um, for myself and for our listeners, though, Justin, why don't you just briefly kind of tell us who you are and, and what you do, specifically when you became a Christian and, and also when apologetics became something that uh, became of quite in- an interest to you? Okay. Well, well, just generally, um, I'm Justin Briley, and uh, the, I run this radio show and podcast called Unbelievable. It's been going for over 10 years now on uh, Premier Christian Radio in the UK. And it's very much a show that brings Christians and non-Christians together for dialogue and debate. It's about testing the claims of Christianity in that kind of open discussion format. Uh, Very often we also touch on theological issues between Christians as well. Um, But going back to my story, uh, really, uh, I was raised in a Christian family. um, Mm. And so I had the privilege of, of, if you like, being immersed in that growing up. I'd say my faith really became my own in my sort of mid-teens. That was partly through church, my youth group, you know, a route that will be familiar, I'm sure, to many people. Um, But there was, I think I I can think of a a particular day when really, uh, when I was out away on a kind of a youth weekend, when it all came together for me. And and I really had an experience, I would say, of God uh, that, that made me really accept it made 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 it real for me made it something that i wanted Mm. to you know give my life to and and that's always stayed with me and obviously over the years my faith has has changed and evolved as as faith does you know as as um it's been through different experiences um probably uh from the point of view of the apologetics stuff that i'm now involved in i i guess um when i was in my you know still in my late teens i i got really turned on to authors like C.S. Lewis and uh, devoured mm. quite a bit of his his stuff, his apologetics <laughs> sort of stuff um, when yeah. I was um, when I was in my gap year before university. Um, OK. And and then at university, you know, I, I went to Oxford University is a, a really thriving Christian union there. And um, that was great for being able to look into some of these issues and obviously having non-Christians around and friends who weren't um, Christians, it, it made me start to look at some of these issues from a s- sort of, you know, what what are the reasons I could give for why I believe? Yeah. Are there are there objective reasons for faith? I, I went mm. through a sort of at one point a mini faith crisis um, where okay. I I kind of uh, because of a certain friend sort of and the challenges they brought to me, I, I kind of did go through that whole thing of oh, is any of this true sort of thing? Right. Um, I kind of came through that. Um, I wouldn't say necessarily particularly. 
apologetic saved me at that point it was just <laughs> it, it was just kind of a passing thing really um yeah and and in many ways i've heard far stronger apologetic uh, arguments against christianity um since i've been doing unbelievable as a radio show than i ever heard at university wow. but yeah but um in a way i feel more prepared to uh uh, to 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 find ways of of encountering those um, at, sure. at the same time. So uh, yeah. when when the show began, I really wanted it to be a way for our our radio station to start to interact with non Christians more. Mm-hmm. Um, we're we're very good at speaking to Christians about Christian things, uh, but it can be a bit of a bubble <laughs> sometimes. And so for sure. I re- yeah, so I, as it can be in many churches sometimes, and uh, mm-hmm. so I, I wanted to find a way of, of breaking outside that bubble a little bit and finding um, a, a way to talk to non-Christians and, and hopefully model good conversations uh, on yes. that front. And uh, and so unbelievable was born and went through various different kinds of ways of doing it. It was initially a live show. It's now recorded during the week and broadcast at the weekend. Um, yeah. and and uh, and it's been very fun. Good. That's awesome. Well, Justin, I thought of you actually for a guest for this specific uh, one week kind of series we're in about apologetics, but mainly because you have the chance to, you know, every single week talk with some of the, I guess, the best uh, on both sides when it comes to apologetics, Christian and non-Christian, which is awesome. Um, because I find that many uh, Christians are either sort of uh, hyper apologetics maybe where uh, there's no room for faith or the spirit and they wouldn't say that but sort of their uh, mind and heart kind of lean that way but there's also some that are very hyper experienced where you know kind of reason science history fact all that kind of stuff is thrown out the window and it's all based on faith or there's some that are just kind of unaware consciously or unconsciously Um, but before we jump into the specifics and before we get kind of a balanced view um, why don't you just define for us apologetics but also your your biblical reasoning for devoting so much time to it. Yeah, um, so apologetics, it comes from the Greek word apologia, um, which means to make a defense of something. It's, unfortunately, because it's a, it's a rather <laughs> a strange word, it, often people think when they first hear it, it means you're saying sorry for something. But, right. um, <laughs> but, but yeah, that, that's where the word comes from. And, and in that sense, um, I think apologetics, though, really is more than just making a defense of faith it's also um making the case for faith you know mm. and sometimes it's about bringing the the case to the atheist uh, or against the atheist and so on um right. so so that's that's what apologetics is uh in terms of of the biblical basis for it uh, people very often point to first peter three fifteen as being right. a, a, a typical text you might point to where it says um always be prepared to give a reason for anyone who asks for the hope that's within you um, right. But do it with gentleness and respect, and very yeah. much, you know, that that has been used as the the, the life verse, if you like, of many an apologist, um, mm. because uh, on the face of it, what it's saying there is um, we need to be ready to give answers to people who are asking, and that's sort of what apologetics is about, and of course that important bit about doing it with with gentleness and reverence, um, of course. Uh, and I, I think that's often what unfortunately is lacking in some in some <laughs> circles, especially on mm-hmm. online. Uh, people yeah. forget that last bit of that verse. 
Um, but, you know, you see it happening in um, in the book of Acts when uh, Paul is addressing, sometimes it's his own um, culture in uh, the Jews he speaks to and where he tries to show them from the scriptures that Jesus mm-hmm. is the Messiah. You know, that's effectively a, a form of apologetics. Right. Or when he goes to a different culture at Mars Hill, you know, in Athens, and he speaks to the Greek philosophers and Stoics and so on and say, and, and tries to show them from their own culture and uh, uh, that actually Jesus has the answer to what they're looking for as well. Um, so right. I think we've got some great examples where, where apologetics is, is being done in Scripture. Right. And, uh, and so it's something that's for us today uh, more than ever, in fact, in, in a sceptical age. Right. Well, I was just going to ask, like, the fact that we live in a very, I mean, you're from the UK, I'm from Canada, but I mean, the liberal ideas, these postmodern ideas, uh, I was going to ask, like, why, why is the exercise of apologetics specifically so important today in that kind of arena? Yeah, uh, well, pre- precisely because, as you say, um, we do live in, in a more sceptical age, um, mm-hmm. that people aren't willing to... Well, here, and I'm sure you've had the same in Canada, we, we, we live essentially in a post-Christian age in the UK now uh, yes. where where nothing is uh, assumed as, as being true. There's no guarantee right. that people even know the basic narrative of Christianity. But mm-hmm. um, and, and the dominant sort of worldview that at least uh, as far as I can see has crept in uh, it has been a kind of an assumption of atheism, an assumption that all there is is a uh, matter in motion that, that science sort of explains everything. And mm-hmm. um, and uh, whether that's, you know, really thought through is another matter. I think a lot of people <laughs> haven't really considered the consequences of, of adopting that kind of worldview. But, right. but this is the, the point at which I think um, we do need apologetics because, it you know, go back to the 1950s and Billy Graham could come to the UK, put on a, a crusade and lots of people would come and you'd see lots of people convert i don't think you can do that today because right. people are at a different place now than they were 60 mm-hmm. years ago that's a and, good point and and actually you you need to give people a reason to believe anything um right so so you can't assume that there's a sort of a basic christian understanding which which right. you can go off and and that's why apologetics to some extent is is pre-evangelism in many ways right you're not expecting yeah. necessarily through apologetics to see people come to faith but it may yeah. be it may be laying some of the groundwork to let them to allow right. them to consider eventually the claims of Christ and and whether they can trust him Right. And that's a great way to put it, kind of the pre-evangelism, because obviously you and I both know there's a spirit that opens the eyes and opens the heart. Uh, but it's that apologetic kind of dis- conversation you can have with someone to really bring them to a place where that can happen. Yeah. Which is really cool. And there's there's this whole thing, you know, um, different people have different views on this of can you argue someone into the kingdom? You know, could you right. just on the basis <laughs> of logic and evidence and a rational argument? Um, make someone a Christian? Well, my view is that, no, you can't um, because it is a work of the heart um, as Mm -hmm. much as it is a work of the mind. I think you can give people good reasons. Um, I think most often, in my view, apologetics is about removing barriers to belief, Hmm. which kind of clear the path for someone to then walk down towards towards Christ. but they still have to have the will to make that journey. It's it's right. not as though taking the barriers away will force them to make the journey. They still have yeah. to. There still has to be a will, a motivation, a desire of the heart for God, mm-hmm. for Christ, 
And I don't think you can instill that in someone through an argument. Right. If that makes sense. No, it does. It does make sense. And I think this what you're saying is going to probably kind of feed into the next uh, kind of answer to the question. But I was going to say that the kind of the main point of this is to really help bring people to a balanced view of apologetics, uh, whether they have never heard about it before or uh, they're hyper experienced or have apologetics. Because when we look at the Bible and you've already explained uh, some places in Acts where Paul is uh, kind of engaging in apologetic, um, I guess, conversations we Mm. see faith and fact are important even with luke uh you know at the beginning of i think it was chapter two or chapter three when he goes into careful explanation of the places where he's at and the rulers that are ruling at the time there's this there's this importance on fact but also obviously on faith so i guess the question to you is what would you say to the to the christian that's very hyper apologetics and that's all they kind of think about or maybe hyper experience and not even (laughs) thinking to gain a more balanced uh, view, because I definitely met some of the people that were hyper apologetics in Bible <laughs> college, and uh, they were quite—they uh, just always had a frown. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I, I think that's it, and and definitely you've put your finger on something that that can be an issue. And the problem is, I think that apologetics tends to appeal to a certain kind of individual. Um, let's say mm. a more rationally minded type of person someone who who really thrives on on logic and evidence the kind of person whose favorite tv shows are are gonna be like star trek or something and right. <laughs> uh, who I, I don't know but do you know what i mean it's 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 sort yes. of it, it tends to fit a certain type of character and then yes. you might equally find that christians you meet who are on the more emotional end of the spectrum tend right. to be those right. who kind of say oh all that apologetic stuff you know leave it you've just got to reach people with with passion and everything Mm, so so mm -hmm. to some extent it's about different characters um Mm -hmm. i think though if we can try and get beyond that and and help each type of person to see the value in what the other may be may be doing it it can be helpful uh certainly the the big danger for me of apologetics is that that it becomes another form of idolatry where we think that if i know the answers to all these questions and if i have all these clever arguments up my sleeve i will be able to you know essentially show someone how to be a christian Mm. and and it can it can lead to a a kind of a a bit of an arrogance uh, on the part of some people in apologetics um especially especially if it's the kind of apologetics where you are doing a lot of interaction debating non-christians and atheists where it can easily breed that kind of very combative kind of feel to to the endeavor um so i think i think christians just need to be really careful of that and realize Mm -hmm. that like any good thing apologetics can end up being uh abused um because by 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 sort of treating it uh, as more than it is um yeah in, in the end no one is one to Christ um, by our arguments, really. God, right. If God in his grace uses us uh, yeah. to, sh- to show that to people, then great. But mm-hmm. um, uh, at the same time, God could use a four-year-old mm-hmm. uh, to lead someone to Christ in a way that your apologetics arguments never could. Because For sure. And, and so you just got to be really humble about that and realize it, apologetics, e- even though you might really enjoy it, and it really yeah. appeals to that side of your personality. Yeah. Um, it's not the only way God uses to to take people on a journey. 
Yeah, that's true. And, and you know what, Justin, a lot of people, and I, I mean, I'm sure you've uh, seen this in many people too, but a lot of people, the idea of apologetics and, and being able to make arguments based on science or philosophy or or what have you, history, uh, they love that. And they feel like if they just knew all those things, they'd be so much better at evangelism. Uh, but obviously not every Christian can be an expert in history, philosophy, science, <laughs> uh, you know, biology, all that kind of stuff. So, I mean, you, I mean, do you have to be an expert in everything? Well, well, absolutely <laughs> not, of course. And, and, um, the, the, the thing is that, um, I, and I don't think of myself as an expert in any of these areas. The, right. the, the character of the evangelist is always paramount and, mm. um, you know, you can pick up facts and, arguments along the way but but character and the way you interact with someone is something that goes a lot deeper and that's that's the first thing i think we should be concerned with because um however good your arguments are i think if if you come across as condescending and argumentative and not very nice Mm -hmm. people won't won't even listen to start with do you know what i mean and Mm -hmm. and the and the the comments I'm often most thrilled by when people email in who are non-Christians who listen to Unbelievable because they 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 listen to it as a podcast yeah. is is not is not necessarily when they say you know I thought that was a great argument from the Christian it's when they say um, Justin I really appreciate the way you moderate those discussions because I felt you mm. gave a fair hearing to both sides and and if if they're willing to come back not even because they're being convinced by arguments but because they 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 seeing something good being modeled then right. then for me that's a that's a great thing and I, i'm really glad of that um yeah having said all that of course it's good to be able to give sensible answers when certain types of, of questions come up and so absolutely it's in the interest of any christian to to be aware of mm-hmm. issues um to to try and if they are getting into conversations regularly around i don't know suffering or something like that to to have a think through and get get hold of some yeah. resources that will help them to 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 think about how they would approach that subject because right there can be answers which aren't helpful and mm-hmm. um i think um very often we we want to be ready to as first peter 315 says give an answer give give something that will give someone an indication of why we hold this to be so dear so um mm-hmm. that doesn't mean you have to know all the answers and and you couldn't possibly and, right. <laughs> and frankly, sometimes the people who are the most clever apologists don't always make the best evangelists because, right. um, you know, it, 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 they can be great for resourcing people. Mm-hmm. Um, but just knowing a lot of stuff and being very good at delivering it doesn't actually necessarily turn you into a great evangelist. Um, yeah. I think the people who do a brilliant job on both levels are people like um, John Lennox who I've had on the show Mm. who who marries a great intellect and and a super knowledge uh, of of the arguments but also with a very winsome uh, very kind of uh, willing to hear and engage in dialogue kind of attitude both both in front of the microphone and and off stage you know when when he's having those conversations uh, mm-hmm. th- those are the people I think who, who, who combine the best of both worlds in that sense. Exactly. No, that's really cool. And and as you say that, I'm I'm thinking about many Christian young adults who are in college and university, specifically secular colleges and universities, and and they are being bombarded with new worldviews, especially if they kind of grew up in the church and you know they've just 
been taught the Bible. They haven't really been taught apologetically uh, things. They've just been taught what the Bible says. At the same time, they're extremely busy, not with college and university, but they're getting married. They have jobs, babies, all the kind of things. So I guess the next question is what what practical things can uh, can you know Christian young adults do uh, to really help themselves become more uh, apologetically trained in the midst of their crazy lives? Well, this is, this is a terrible plug for my own program, but uh, they could they could download <laughs> and listen to Unbelievable. Um, and I would recommend we, <laughs> that. <as well. laughs> no, I mean, it's, it's one way. Uh, I, I think what, I, you know, again, blowing my own trumpet here, but I think what Unbelievable does is it does allow people to have a, a weekly kind of dose of where the arguments are, but mm-hmm. not just to get information, but to because you hear a dialogue you sort of hear both sides and and you kind of understand okay where people would go in that kind of a conversation and right and you know if you listen to it for a long time you'll soon kind of get a sense of what kind of conversations are helpful and what are not because not every person who comes on unbelievable is is a perfect model of Chris, mm-hmm. christian apologetics or how to have that discussion <laughs> but but at least along the way you kind of you'll be able to make up your own mind about how how i would have handled that how i would do that um right and and so that's one way. Um, that so so those who don't have time to sit down and pick up a book and read it from cover right. to cover, yeah. that you know, I I listen to a lot more podcasts than I read books, frankly, because yeah. I don't have the time to sit down and read the books. But when I'm on the move, I'll I'll yes. often put a podcast on my on my iPod. Um, right. So so that's one way of doing it. Um, there are of course some great mini res, you know resources out there. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, if again if if reading a whole book on the subject isn't your thing but you'd like some bite-sized stuff um there there are Mm -hmm. some excellent websites which give sort of uh shorter form articles or um video resources uh there's there's a new one actually i've been very impressed by um did an interview with the creators of it over the summer on my show called the road um in fact it's the road hyphen uk.com i think it's really aimed uh they say at young adults um okay and um it covers a lot of bases you know science and faith jesus the bible ethical issues but done in kind of short video format and um and it's really good shareable stuff as well cool um and uh so i've been recommending them actually um because i think well I, i think actually it works across the the age spectrum um mm-hmm. and and it's and it's very accessible uh and if you want to go into more depth, then they've got links from there where you can right. where you can find right. more. But I, I'm I'm seeing a lot more apologetics organisations generally producing yes. that, that bite sized material. Sean McDowell, oh, sure. Sean McDowell, who I had on the show recently, as you know, uh, yes, has been doing a lot of that stuff. You've got the the one minute apologist and others. So um, yep. so there's plenty of stuff for those who who can't afford to sit down and read a whole book the time okay well for our listeners i'll definitely be posting some of the links that uh, justin's been talking about uh on the bottom of our uh, episode here so um kind of our one of our last questions here i was wondering if you would enlighten us with some maybe of the current apologetic issues sort of being discussed today if there are any new arguments maybe there's new advances uh maybe people we need to be aware of um in in this world yeah. right now yeah absolutely um well <laughs> i mean there's there's so many areas and and I, right. I i get the joy of being able to pick and choose what sort of topics we we're going to be 
uh, doing. Right. I mean, the most recent one I did actually, <clears throat> um, the, the latest podcast is on the multiverse, um, which um, has been gaining credence in many scientific circles. Um, okay. the, the idea that there's more than one universe, and okay. and and for this this presents, if it's true, a significant challenge to the traditional um, fine tuning argument. I say traditional; it's it's not been around that long, but it's uh, it's an argument that the universe is um, essentially designed to allow life to exist yes. because of the extremely fine-tuned nature of the various constants and fundamental forces um, that that it was birthed with um, that seems to point to design to a creator um, now the major way that that the force of that argument could be escaped is if we do live in a, in a multiverse many universes and we just happen to be the one that came out with just the right um, set of set of numbers if oh, wow. you like um <laughs> so so that that that's a whole interesting area and and i've been looking into that um because i i I've, I've been aware that actually as much as i and other christians have said well there's no evidence for a multiverse in fact there are people out there saying no actually there's quite good scientific evidence so the last show we did was on that now okay. what's interesting is both the christian and the atheist i had on for that were essentially in agreement actually that they do think there's evidence for the multiverse oh, so wow. I'm, I'm actually just yeah. working on a show now that we're going to do where we actually do more of a a debate on that um where where we'll have someone who kind of is is actually um skeptical of the multiverse theory right. so so that's a kind of an interesting area it's it's an area okay, where yes. where they, it's still developing and it'll be interesting right. to see where that goes and and what's the long-term prognosis for the for the fine-tuning argument? There are, you know, equally there are others who say, well, even if there's a multiverse, there'll be a kind of a whole area of fine-tuning issues there because there, there's that that whole system itself would need to be fine-tuned. And why would we right. find this particular universe? Um, it's far more likely other kinds of universes would would be in existence. So, so that's all a fascinating area if, if you want to get into yeah, it. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Um, there. There's, and then on a very different level, um, uh, we had a fascinating article come out here in the UK in, in one of our magazines called The New Statesman um, just just in the last couple of weeks by a historian called Tom Holland. And um, he's been on an interesting journey. In fact, I'm tr hoping to get him on the show in a not too distant future. Where And the, awesome. the article was about what he describes as his return to Christianity. Um, not necessarily in terms of an orthodox doctrinal Christianity, though it'd be interesting to know how far along that journey he is. But having right. sort of, he, as a historian, he sort of started out believing the general narrative that Christianity kind of held us back and was um, not not good for us. You know, the Enlightenment rescued us from the dark ages that Christianity brought along. And then he went, oh, wow. and then he went, and actually, in his studies, looking at it, realized it was absolutely the, the other way around christianity um is the foundation on which western civilization is based and if mm. you look at the other competing you know other competing um philosophies and structures and civilizations of the ancient world christianity was utterly revolutionary um mm. and 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 so he he um, wrote this very you know almost uh, it could almost describe it as apologetics um, but this this article in the mainstream about you know why he got Christianity wrong and um, wow and and I think that's really interesting stuff that we where where we've got you know historians you know who you know you would describe as secular historians who are who are posting that kind of writing those kinds of articles for for national magazines um, we should 
uh, celebrate that and we should um yeah. we, we should be encouraging our friends who maybe have bought into some sort of a, a secularist version right. of history yeah to 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 look at that and and to read that stuff um yeah so there's just a couple of couple of areas that i've found interesting no, recently great. no thank you for sharing that that's awesome um as we wrap up now justin where or how, i guess how can people uh you know, you know, listen to your show. I'm, I'm sure they're interested, and uh, and learn more about who you are and and the work that you do. Well, the easiest way, if you're listening anywhere other than in the UK, is simply to go to the podcast. Um, and indeed, that's the way a lot of people in the UK listen as well. Um, the show right. itself um, broadcasts on Saturdays on Premier Christian Radio. So anyone who can tune in that way can do that at two thirty on Saturday afternoons. But yeah, basically the podcast is the place to go. So um, you can find all the links at, at our website, which is premierchristianradio.com slash unbelievable. Um, start where you like on the podcast. There's literally about <laughs> eight or nine years worth now of, of shows That's awesome. um, to, yeah. to, that you can scroll through. Um, and hopefully, you know, you'll find some that, that look interesting from the titles. But what, what I often get this, um, people who start listening and then say, I've been like downloading your podcast like incessantly for for the yeah. last year i'm nearly up to date um yes. and uh, and i i find that amazing when people do that uh, that right but um yeah it, it feels like sometimes pe- people who really get into it really get into it they really love binging on the back catalog but uh uh, yeah. yeah. So, <laughs> pe- 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 people don't just binge watch on Netflix anymore. They binge listen <laughs> on podcasts. Exactly. So. I mean, I, yeah, ho- and no. I hope that in a sense, because we tend to tackle big subjects that are in a sense timeless, that you could go back right. five, five years and listen to oh, a show course. and still find actually that's a perfectly relevant argument around a big yes. issue that that hasn't really changed that much so yeah. exactly no that's great and and uh just for our listeners I'll, I'll put down that link that uh uh justin's been talking about on the episode podcast page as well well anyways justin that was uh, great and uh, i just counted a privilege again to be able to uh, uh talk with you and uh yeah thank you so much for all of your uh for all your wisdom well thank you isaac and thank you to to everything you do as well and and all the very best There's something about people from the UK where you just listen to their their voice. We we don't have the same effect on them, by the way. No. When you talk to them, we ask them, "Hey, do I do I have an accent to you?" And they're like, "Yeah." And you're like, "Do, do you like it?" And they're like, "Well, not really." This screams white trash. It's just <laughs> yeah. But like, man, they just sound like ten times more smarter. They do. He, <laughs> there you go. Ten times more smarter. Oh, <laughs> ten times <laughs> more smart. <laughs> exactly well, the point. Fine. Anyways. Hey, if you're a listener and you're enjoying uh, these podcasts, we'd really encourage you to rate and review us. I know that kind of sounds like a plea, like help us. But honestly, it does actually uh, obviously encourages us, uh, but it also tells us uh, how we're doing in a sense. So if you go to our iTunes uh, podcast page on your uh, app store or your Apple iTunes store, uh, you can rate us out of five and you can also comment. And we want you guys to be honest. In fact, just just a while ago, we had a, a listener um, email us and they sort of explained what they liked and what they would like to hear from us and all that kind of stuff. And we take that really seriously. In fact, uh, one guy was like, you know, I want to hear more about sacraments and, you know, why you why we do baptism and communion and, <clears throat> and also like, why are there so many denominations within the Protestant church? 
and uh, pretty soon I'm going to be sitting down with a professor from uh, Southern Baptist Seminary, and he's going to take us through four episodes of like church history, which I'm really, really uh, pumped about just to help give an overview. But anyways, we want to hear what you guys want to hear pretty much uh, so that we can discuss with people from all around the world uh, who are sort of leaders in that area. So make sure to check out the link attached to the podcast episode page, and we'll see you next week. If you want to hear more, read blogs, check out our videos, go to indoubt.ca, and you can see all of our archived episodes and search by topic and all these different things as well. Anyways, I'm Isaac. I'm Jake. And this is the Indoubt Podcast. The Indoubt Podcast is a part of Back to the Bible Canada's Young Adult Ministry, Indoubt. All of Back to the Bible Canada's ministry programs and resources are created for the purpose of leading people forward in their walk with Jesus every day. For more information on all things Back to the Bible Canada, visit backtothebible.ca.